Welcome to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast, where we support your quest for a happier, healthier, planet-friendly life that supports you, your family, and community. We share local information, resources, and support, and opportunities to volunteer for projects that help clean, protect, and repair the environment. This episode is a bonus episode from another show. It includes an interview of a Northern Nevadan local who is taking green action through their vocation, volunteer work, or hobby. These stories are interesting and informational and are a great way to get to know our local community better. So today on our podcast, we have someone who achieved her bachelor's degree in environmental science and now works with the state doing sustainability outreach and education. We are talking with Skylar Jones. Skylar Jones was born in Oregon, but refers to herself as a native Nevadan. She spent most of her childhood in a small rural town before moving to Carson City. After high school, she went on to acquire her bachelor's degree in environmental science from the University of Nevada, Reno. She now works as an environmental scientist focused on sustainability outreach and education for the state of Nevada. She is also a volunteer co-organizer for the Northern Nevada Permaculture Group. Welcome, Skylar. Thanks for having me, Jenny. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to speak with you and find out more about your path to studying environmental science and about your passion and um, your position as an environmental scientist uh, sharing sustainability and outreach in Nevada. So what um, planted the seeds for you originally that um, helped you want to do something to help the environment or take green action? Well, let's see. I think... I have always kind of had this personality trait of almost being like a protector (laughs) my whole life. You know, I was very drawn to protecting, being protective over people and animals and plants and insects. And I have kind of just always felt like my purpose was to serve others and make a difference that took many different forms throughout my life. But I think it ultimately came down to wanting to protect the earth and and the environment something that you know has given so much to me personally and and so it just kind of clicked one day <laughs> so after you decided on your course of study from high school is that at what point you kind of decided you wanted to go in the direction of environmental studies um it was definitely it, it was definitely in college just because i mean i you know was always passionate about the environment and and being out in nature i never really saw it as a career path that early in my life but you know i was i i found hiking to be very therapeutic during high school and and i think it was kind of like a saving grace for me to be out in you know the fresh air and stuff and so I'd always you know had an appreciation but never really thought it was going to be my career path. So what year were you in? Yeah so I actually didn't declare my major until my like the second semester of my junior year just because there's just so many things that I was curious about and I thought I wanted to do. I think at one point they made me take a career exploration class because I still hadn't (laughs) declared my major. And so, um, you know, I thought maybe I went into college uh, thinking I was going to be a journalist. 
and I was gonna travel the world and learn people's stories and share them and then I thought I was gonna be I I quickly realized that I'm actually really not that good at writing under pressure (laughs) so then um and I and I actually was really really enjoying my general studies science classes and so then I thought I was gonna be a chemist because I was at the top of my chemistry class and maybe I was going to make medicine for people and then I think I kind of learned a little bit of the truth about like the pharmaceutical world and that was kind of a turnoff to me and then I spent a summer seed picking with um, my boyfriend and his family owns a native seed business out of Gardnerville, Nevada. I spent a summer doing that and just being out in in the environment all day and working with my hands and working really close with plants and getting to look at insects all day and stuff. It was just like an instant, like I could make a career of doing stuff like this. Once you started in environmental studies, did you kind of feel at home like that was it? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it was it was pretty intimidating just because it's a lot of memorization for one, which I was a little worried about. A lot of sciences and working, you know, I wanted to know every mountain range and every plant in Nevada. So that's, you know, takes a lot of memory. But also, you know, I didn't really grow up in a family that was super environmentally conscious or, um, you know, I didn't grow up going to national parks or anything like that so it was it was a little bit of a different atmosphere for me and so but I you know I just I knew that I loved it and I was in the right place because of that so towards the end of your studies were you starting to get an idea of how you were going to use your degree yeah um, I actually did minor in ecohydrology, which is the combined study of ecology and water systems. Um, so I, I guess I thought I was going to end up working with water. So did an internship stud- traveling the state and doing water quality samples on the most random creeks and lakes you've ever seen. Um, and so I did a summer doing that and that was really awesome. So I I did kind of think that I was going to end up doing something with water resources. But, you know, realistically, I don't have a biology degree or a hydrology degree. So it was kind of hard to qualify for a lot of jobs like that. And I think maybe it turned out for the best. So how did you come to find out about an opening for the state of Nevada? Did you just go on their website and find that they had an opening or did you get an internship first? So my internship that I had where I was um, doing the water quality samples, that was actually through the state. So I did have a little bit of an in, but once you apply for their jobs, So I applied to be in the environmental scientist series through their website. If if you didn't get chosen for the job that you applied for, you get put on a list. And then the next time one of those positions become open, they pull from that list. Um, So I was just kind of pulled off an environmental scientist list. Nice. Yeah. So in your position now, What are some of the ways that you are educating and reaching out to people on sustainability? Well, I am very new to the to my current position. So when I first started working 
for the state, I was doing hazardous waste program development. And so um, I actually just recently, I just started my new position in January. So it's been a very big learning experience and it's a brand new position. Nobody's ever done it before. So I'm kind of having to do the research on how other states do their sustainability outreach programs and kind of um, mold our, what, you know, what I want the program to look like for the state of Nevada. And it's been very stressful, but really, really cool. I mean, it's been a lot of research about what other people are doing in the sustainability world, how they get their messages out there, what are their messages? What are people receptive to? You know, people can hear the term recycling all day long and in one ear and out the other, but once you catch their ear in a different way and talk to them in a different way about waste reduction and, you know, a zero waste lifestyle or whatever, you know, you kind of just have to adapt your messaging and find what's best. I haven't done a lot of direct outreach just yet, just because I'm so new to the position. It's kind of just been about creating relationships with people and meeting people and seeing what people are doing in the community. So your previous position in hazardous waste, did you like that or what were the pluses of that position? What were the challenges? At first, I was, when I first got the position, I was kind of like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, I thought I was going to be some water scientist and now I'm dealing with, you know, drums of, you know, acid. <laughs> That's like what I hear about all day long. And so it was kind of huge learning experience. Um, I had never even really dealt or even heard anything really about hazardous waste or how it works or how it's regulated. And it's actually re regulated through RICRA, which is the Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. So I had to learn, and that's one of the most complicated federal rules. And so I had to learn that pretty quickly. In the end, I think the skills that I learned from that position are the things that I, the positives that I take away from it. I mean, it was actually pretty cool learning about all the different chemicals and stuff like that, that are and interesting to see, you know, what people are transporting around the state on a daily basis. You know, it's kind of crazy. I just learned so much. And then I also really got to dive deep into the policy side of science, which was actually exactly what I was looking for because I had had the field positions and I had done the sampling and I had done the hands-on stuff. But at the end of the day, it was almost like, you know, how does, how does taking these water samples actually encourage change? Or how does it actually, you know, make a difference in the world? Whereas if you, so then I wanted to see the policy side of things, you know, how does change happen? How are laws changed? How are they created? things like that. And I, I got a lot of experience with that in that position because I had to update all of the hazardous waste regulations for the state. That was like my big project when I came on board. So you got to affect uh, policy change based on some of the things that you were seeing in that position? Yeah. And I mean, there, there's a lot of different dynamic hazardous waste programs across the country. And so I kind of just had, I was on conference calls multiple times a week, um, nationwide conference calls, just hearing about what other people are doing in other states and how federal rulings that they've adopted have worked or have hindered their programs, the new innovative ways their facilities are implementing so-and-so 
regulation and stuff. So, so is it much stricter from a federal level or is it more strict from a state level or is the state the state has to be at least as stringent as the federal regulations so mm-hmm. and then the state can add stricter regulations on top of those so usually the state is more strict so i know you're you're new to this position right now and you said you haven't been working directly with the public so are you kind of working more on the like the materials that will be distributed to the public or maybe like a website or like messaging that that meets the people in other ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have done a couple. I've I've accompanied our recycling coordinator with a couple in class presentations and teacher trainings and stuff. But um, mostly, I'm I'm trying to focus on taking a step back and seeing what messaging we've been putting out for you know the past. 10 years and seeing how that needs to start being adapted. Talked about creating a video series and and doing this huge statewide campaign on sustainability. Um, So we're kind of just trying not to jump the gun and, and, you know, just rush into things without stepping back and planning and, you know, deciding what we want the messaging to be. And then, you know, on the other side, your messaging has to align with the other people in your state. You know, you want your messaging to align with the nonprofits and the what the cities are putting out and what the counties are putting out and stuff like that. So it's just been a lot of a lot of planning on that respect. And then we have added some resources to the Nevada Recycles website on sustainability. And yeah. Cool. So you are working pretty closely with city government and kind of coordinating with them a little bit? Yeah, at the end of the day, I would almost say that the city governments have the more direct implementation and they have more of a impact on their communities. So you really want to work closely with them and make sure, you know, I've I've kind of said this since I got my new position, but the way I've been kind of preaching it to people that I'd I'd really like to partner with throughout this is is that, you know, as a state entity, I'm here as a as a support for them. So I would, you know, just kind of whatever resources they need, whatever messaging they're trying to get out and whatever, you know, what they think is going to be helpful for their communities. I want to just support that effort. So um, I wanted to ask you, you are co-organizer for Permaculture Group. Well, first of all, like when you first came across permaculture what did you know about it like what did you think it was and like what is what attracted you to permaculture so when I first came across the concept of permaculture I guess I um didn't realize it was permaculture at the time but I did take a a land planning class in college and um we learned about green cities and how they they mimic natural systems and and how these you know they try to incorporate all these natural patterns and it just makes everything work more efficiently and um and that really intrigued me and then um I also had you know heard the term permaculture on a couple like podcasts that I listened to and when I first heard about it and actually googled it and wanted to know more about it. I think I was really intrigued that it connects. It doesn't they don't just talk about the earth, you know. They also talk about 
people care, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> and um, because I think sometimes it's really easy to separate the two, but we really need to understand that, you know, people and natural systems interact constantly and they need to work together. And so it was just all the different um, inner working parts I thought were pretty interesting. I am a, a believer that everything is connected. So <laughs> so you're saying that you actually took a permaculture course in university? No, it was just um, a land a land planning class. So it was just about an envi- environmental land land use planning or something like that. And so we just kind of looked at different ways to design in in favor of the environment instead of against it. So have you found it valuable to be involved in a local group on a local level as well as your state position? Oh yeah well luckily you know my personal interests and beliefs align with the work that I do. Um, I think I'm one of you know one of the lucky people in that you know, one of the principles of permaculture is produce no waste. So it's just, I'm, I'm really lucky that I get to go to work and, and learn things there and bring them back to my community and the, the people that I have on a local level who also enjoy learning the same things. And then vice versa is bring my, bring the things that I learned from my people on a smaller scale and on a local level in my small community and bring them to work and hopefully influence change that way. You are very lucky. Yeah. So what are the, some of the rewards that you've found in your life from, from this type of study and then this type of position? Like how has it affected you overall? Like as a person? I think the sense of purpose is a, is a good thing. You know, I, I went to college I got my degree I I have a career in what I got my degree in so that feels good you know I was kind of told that you know a lot of me and my peers were told that environmental jobs Mm -hmm. don't come very often you know and and good good paying environmental jobs don't come very often so I'm I feel like I'm reaping the rewards that way but I do feel like I am making somewhat of a difference because I think when when people think of government, they think mm-hmm. of people that want to control things a lot and want things to stay the way they've always been. I like being a young person in my position, influencing people that have been there for a while and mm-hmm. I think making them second guess a lot of the things that they've believed their whole life and it's been rewarding just having these discussions with people who have been so used to doing things the same way for so long so that's been kind of rewarding that the interactions that I get to have and I feel um, like I I do have some influence which always feels good you know So if your ideas and your experience and your wisdom were all wrapped up into new seeds of potential action that you could gift to other people and other places, what advice would you give to someone that is also considering doing what you've done? 
if I am giving a message to maybe like a fellow student, I would encourage people to maybe study something a little bit more specified than just environmental science. Um, I think it's really important to kind of learn at least what avenue you like, whether it's plants or soil or animals or the or air quality or something like that. And, you know, just kind of take it by the reins and learn as much as you can about it. I sometimes I wish I didn't get such a general degree in term. And so that's just advice to a student, I guess. And then in terms of advice to take away is, um, you know, work on reducing your waste. (laughs) And um, this is just something that I think some of us in this environmental space thinks just comes naturally to everyone, but it really doesn't. And people really need to be more conscious about the decisions that they're making on a daily basis and um, the effects that it has on the environment. So has the state been able to influence retailers and corporations to uh, really evaluate the waste stream that is being created by their choices for packaging, et cetera? One exciting thing about my being in my position is I actually came in right at a time when they were really reevaluating waste in Nevada. And so my bureau used to just regulate solid and hazardous waste, landfills and hazardous waste. And that was pretty much it. There was some recycling education. And now we've, in the last just few years, have transitioned into this, this idea of sustainable materials management. And it's, we, you know, we had, we worked two years to re, to rewrite our strategic plan. It's a 10 year strategic plan. And so, and, and a lot of, a lot of the concepts in it are, you know, how do we reach industry? How do we get people to understand a circular economy for Nevada and not just a cradle to grave one? A lot of the responsibility is going to have to fall on the manufacturers in the creators of the materials and so whether that takes form in new policies or something I'm not I'm not quite sure but it is definitely something that we are trying that we're focusing on and and have recognized as as a problem and and an opportunity also. As we wrap up, uh, what would you like to suggest to others as maybe a good resource, a book or a website or a film that's been particularly helpful or informative? I'm just going to say something that I just recently watched, The Biggest Little Farm. (laughs) Wasn't it great? It was so cute. And it was such like a, uh, even though there's some like down moments, it was still like a feel good movie. Um, And then also... I really don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but a few years ago, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to has still stuck with me and I still listen to it. Um, but the Ultimate Health podcast is super awesome. Um, they just talk about such a wide range of things relating to health, you know, m- mind health, um, you know, mental health, physical health, social health, things like that. Um, do you have any upcoming projects 
maybe with the state or something that you want to share with others? I know you were going to be doing the Earth Day, but obviously that's canceled. There are some really awesome things going on in our community, though. Um, Keep Truckee Meadows Beautiful is is doing some cool things on their site. The Great Base, uh, Great Basin Institute is doing some cool stuff. Great Basin Outdoor School is doing some stuff. And so, yeah, if people are looking for outdoor activities in this weird time that we are facing, um, there are actually a lot of really cool resources and people are adapting so fast. And I think they're providing some really cool virtual content, so. Oh, nice. And how would you like people to contact you? People are welcome to email me if they'd like. My email is Skylar, S-K-Y-L-A-R-J, at Nevada, spelt out, N-E-V-A-D-A, dot U-N-R dot E-D-U. Cool. And do you have any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share? Honestly, I just, I think this is a really weird time for people in the environmental world and I mean, obviously we're seeing some good environmental impacts of getting people, you know, shutting companies down and getting people off the street and stuff. But I I think there's also some, a lot of uncertainty around, you know, the deregulations that we're seeing on a federal level. And it can be pretty scary, but I really believe that um, a change in paradigm is coming. And I think we all just need to keep pushing the messaging and um, encourage people to just be their best selves. Thank you for listening to Northern Nevada Green Living Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe to this show so we can send you monthly episodes and keep you up to date on opportunities for eco-friendly living in Northern Nevada. For now, please take good care of you and yours, stay well, and help us all make this a kinder, healthier, and greener community for all.